Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to our show. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, nine volumes available in paperback and ebook at Amazon. And if you're an audiophile, you can pick up volumes one through eight and soon to be Volume 9 at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. So do go out and pick up a copy or two, and you'll make me very happy. (laughs) And now, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing great, Bill, and happy, almost Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Yes, happy, almost Merry Christmas (laughs) to you and everybody else. (laughs) Exactly. We are closing in on Christmas 2022, and uh, today, in fact, is our annual Christmas episode. (laughs) Hey, Kev, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I uh, I keep checking the mailbox. I haven't gotten any presents from any of the listeners. I was hoping for an autographed copy of my book. <laughs> hey, wait, that's my line. <laughs> and before we get into it, Bill, I didn't tell you about this, but you know I was driving. Uh, I was down in Atlanta. I flew down to Atlanta this week for work. Drove up from Atlanta to Charlotte for some uh, customer meetings and then was driving home from Charlotte to Raleigh in uh, North Carolina here. And it was pouring rain. The traffic reports were terrible. So I said, you know, let me just take the back roads home, you know, and I could stay away from the trucks and stuff and maybe see some interesting flora and fauna. And Bigfoot. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't see a Bigfoot, but... I can't, you're, you're going to think I'm exaggerating, but I am not exaggerating. I'm riding along in the woods in western North Carolina, kind of northeast of Charlotte. So any of you folks out there, if you've seen this thing, take a picture of it and send it in to us, and I will post it. But I was cruising along, and I look out my left window at this house that's set back from the road, and they have what looks like a dog man standing on its hind legs. Bill, I'm telling you, about 15 feet high. And it's holding a head in its, like, right paw. 
standing on its hind legs with blood dripping from its mouth. <laughs> so what's wrong with that? Well, I would have turned around and pulled up and taken a picture, but I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have never seen anything like this. It was unbelievable. It was so creepy, and it was huge. Uh-huh. So, folks, if you've seen this thing, take a picture of it, send it to me. I'll post it so people can appreciate what I'm talking about here. Now, what do you think it was, a, a sculpture or inflatable? What the heck it are you looking It wasn't inflatable. Uh, uh-huh. You know, so it was like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Bill. It was creep fest. Yeah, I never saw anything like that, even in, like, these that animatronic Halloween decoration. No, uh, no. Well, I was talking about that one that one of our listeners sent the link into that you could get at Home Depot, which was totally creepy. I think that thing was eight feet tall. Yeah, this man. This thing was huge. Wow. Yeah. I, somebody, well, you think somebody went to the time of making it, some uh, talented uh, artisan? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Wow. <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't rushing towards your car. I'll tell you what. You don't need an alarm, uh, one of those little alarm signs on your front lawn if you have that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about being protected by ADP or whatever. No, don't worry. <laughs> what the heck's going on in this warped person's head? <laughs> the, house in, the house in the woods. With a couple of chainsaws hanging exactly. on the porch. Exactly. <laughs> Come to the door with a hockey mask on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, that's bad. I, I tell you, that's pretty creepy, man. <laughs> oh, but, Bill, if you see the picture of this thing, you're going to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, it's unbelievable. Well... Some people have a strange sense of humor, you know? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you want to come over to my house and play some games after school? Yeah, just stop by. We're having uh, playgroup. Yeah. Look for the house with the 15-foot dog man and blood dripping out of his mouth. Yeah, holding a head. <laughs> it could be yours. It could be yours. It might be yours. <laughs> Well, Kev, so what do we have in our cryptids in the news and other oddities segment for today? Well, first, Bill, we're going to continue our tradition, and I'm going to read the Twas the Night Before Christmas, the Bigfoot edition. (laughs) Bigfoot edition. (laughs) And I've made a few changes, enhancements Uh this year, Uh and kept some of the great stuff there as well. All right. <laughs> so, of course, this poem is adapted with great liberties taken from the great Clement Clark Moore. <laughs> so if any of his relatives are out there, I will apologize in advance. <laughs> All right. We ready? I'm ready, man. All right. Hit the gas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. (laughs) The cameras were loaded and set up with care, in hopes that a large Bigfoot soon would be there. (laughs) The hikers were nestled all snug in their tents, while visions of Sasquatch danced in their heads. (laughs) 
and Bill holding a Glock and Kevin a cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out in the camp there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the cot to see what was the matter. Away to the tent flap I flew like a flash, tore open the zippers and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects aglow. <laughs> when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a giant sleigh with eight freaky creatures. <laughs> with a large hairy driver, so smelly yet stealth, I knew in a moment it must be St. Squatch. <laughs> More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came. And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Rougarou, now Nessie, now Yeti and Dogman. On Momo, on Champy, on Mothman, and Yowie. <laughs> to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly. When they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the mountaintop, the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Squatch, too. <laughs> and then in a twinkling, I heard up top the trampling and crunching of each huge pop. As I drew in my hand and was turning around into the cabin, St. Squatch came with a bound. He was all covered in hair from his head to his foot, and his odor was strong and would stun many a foot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, all scary and red. His cheeks were coal, and his nose like the dead. His huge, ugly mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a stick he held tight in his teeth, and the stench of it circled his head like a wreath. <laughs> he had broad shoulders and was nine feet tall. The cabin shook like jelly when he rolled into it like a ball. He was broad and lean, a right angry old beast. And I froze when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to work. And filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, out the cabin he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like a high-powered cruise missile. <laughs> but I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all a good night. <laughs> but when he said that, it sounded like Chinese or Russian gibberish, of course. <laughs> Saint Squatch. <laughs> all right, jolly old beast. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the kids would be too happy seeing Saint Squatch. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Especially in a sleigh pulled by all those cryptids. <laughs> He might have had ah. spring Jack in the back as an elf. Yeah. Maybe some black-eyed children. Yeah. We're Haunt just here to help. Can <laughs> we come in? Yeah. Hard to keep spring sitting in the seat, though. I know. 
Hey, bouncing. Spring Hill, sit down. You're making a sleigh fly, fly funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The uh, night before Christmas, Squatch style. <laughs> well, I'm, yes. glad, I'm glad I had a Glock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, Bill, we are going to talk a little bit about my favorite, my favorite Christmas cryptid. Uh-huh. And I know we've mentioned them before, but folks, if you haven't Googled this creature, you got to check it out after the podcast. Uh-huh. It's good old Krampus. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> a right gnarly old chap, the, the Krampus. The more I read about Krampus, Bill, the creepier it gets. Yeah. I can't frankly believe that uh, people actually embraced this character. I found some new photographs, which I will put up on our our website under this episode, uh, Podcast 178 at com. Um, because some of these pictures, like old timey nineteen hundred photographs, yeah, um, of Krampus walking along with someone dressed up like Saint Nicholas uh-huh. as part of like a Christmas pageant. So you know, let's back up for some of the folks that don't know Krampus. So Krampus has been around for centuries in um, uh, Central and Eastern Europe. As a tradition. And basically, Krampus is believed to have come out and accompanied St. Nicholas when visiting people on St. Nicholas Day, which is traditionally December 5th in Europe. Uh-huh. And St. Nicholas would come and give gifts and candy and chocolate and oranges, and dried fruit, walnuts, stuff like that, all good things to uh, children. And Krampus would be coming along in case the children were bad, uh-huh. and he would leave them birch rods, which I think meant he would hit them with birch rods. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. And Krampus, okay, uh, folks, you know, St. Nicholas looks a bit <laughs> like a, bitch, a bishop, you know what I mean? He has a beautiful gold and white vestment and uh, the mitered cap. You know, that's gold and white. And yeah. then, of course, walking along next to him is Krampus, which is this <laughs> horned, hideous beast with a forked tail carrying a pitchfork. Oh, my God. And huge fangs. <laughs> I mean, like, this, this is the craziest thing ever, right? Yeah. Let's go take a picture with Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said Grandpa, not Krampus. <laughs> I'm a little kid. I just can't talk that clearly. <laughs> you can't make me. You can't make me. I don't want a Krampus. I want a grandpa. <laughs> That's not grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so this gets better, folks. So All right. We have this. It's been going on for a long time. So in 1932... Uh, During the election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited at that point. Okay? And in the 1950s, the same government there in Austria distributed pamphlets, pamphlets, easy for me to say, titled, Krampus is an Evil Man. (laughs) (laughs) How could you jump to such a conclusion? I know. I mean, he's got this long tongue and fangs and... 
huge goat horns, a yeah. tail. Harmless. Hooves, you know, come on. Come on. What's wrong with that? Get with the program. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so, so then Krampus uh, comes back at the end of the 1900s as a celebration uh, um, in, in Europe. And now today, okay, super creepy. And, Bill, we've talked about this before. They, uh, you know, he comes out and everybody dresses up or a lot of people dress up like Krampus on Krampus Knocked. And they come out and run around and scare the bejesus out of little kids. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen some. I've seen oh, some footage these of these. These are lifelike, goat-headed, horrific beasts. Yeah, and you know the parents walk their kids out. These little toddlers, willy nilly, and these kids are just like screaming with red face and their mouths open, crying. I'm like, why would you do that? I promise I'll be good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's why they're doing it, Bill. And we have fun today. But these things are <laughs> horrific. If you, if you don't listen to me, we're going to the Krampus Parade. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> and I might leave you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, Kevin. Yeah, I got this picture. So imagine in your head that it's called, it's titled A St. Nicholas Procession with Krampus and other characters circa 1910. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. This is like, <laughs> what a creep fest in front of this thatch roof barn. Oh, my God. Not exactly Charlie Brown Christmas. Not exactly. <laughs> oh, man. And then I have right next to it, I'll put up a picture of St. Nicholas with 12 Krampuses in Berkstagadna land in Germany in 2016. Boy, that's an absolute creep fest. Oh, man. I I guess it's still going on today, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. They're back after COVID. Krampus fest. I, I guess they had Krampus with a mask on for a couple of years. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it's shocking, like in the uh, footnotes, you know, and like uh, references for the articles I've read. One of the one of the sightings is Goatman, a malevolent figure in urban folklore originating in Maryland in the United States. Jeez. I don't know how they would link Krampus to Goatman. Jeez, they. They don't exactly look alike, do they? <laughs> oh, man. Down to the glowing red eyes. Oh, man, alive. Yeah, and I've seen some of these costumes. I mean, these people are like, you know, professionals. Oh, yeah. They're Hollywood quality. Like, if you saw one of these folks, I am not kidding. I would have a hard time knowing if this was a real demonic creature mixed in with the parade or a person that's dressed up. Yeah, like yeah, they, they do the eyes and everything, like you know, kind of have those cat-like contact lenses in. Yeah, peering through these skull-like masks. I mean, oh, it's a creep fest. <laughs> Check out the pics. Yeah, you'll, you'll love them. You'll love them. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Merry dearie. Christmas. <laughs> Freaking Krampus, boy, oh boy. I'm still whacked out over that 15-foot-tall uh, oh, dog man with the blood in the head. I am, too. 
that is just like uh, nuts. I'm hoping somebody sends us those picks. Otherwise, yeah. I may have to venture back there. <laughs> really? Maybe, I, uh, maybe on Krampus not. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe one day if you're swinging by that neighborhood on a nice day, you should make it a point to uh, uh, snap the picture if you can. You know what I mean? Mm. Boy, that's freaking creepy, man. I thought you were going to say stop in with an AR-15 on my back. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you, Kev, that was pretty cool. And always welcoming the uh, towards the night before... Christmas. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite old uh, Christmas poems. With a little bit of a twist on it. I know. I love the original, but I do like our version as well. Yes, yeah, a little stank, a few weapons. Yeah, maybe I have to put a little stank in it next year. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> well, I tell you what, I have a really uh, interesting account here. Uh, fascinating. Uh, account of multiple sightings that was told to me by Somer or Summer Fitzgerald, a fellow that's an old timer from the state of Oregon. And this is what uh, Summer had to share. In the late 60s and early 70s, up until the point where the state of Oregon had banned us from continuing. There were quite a few intrepid individuals who were digging Hell's Bells in the area of Nekahani Mountain and Whale Cove in the hope of finding Sir Francis Drake's buried treasure. It was long believed then, and still to this very day, that the explorer Sir Francis Drake had hidden quite a stash of gold in the region, and we had made it our business to find it. Now, folks, I just want to stop for a second. I knew nothing about this, and I want anybody who has knowledge of this to contact me, give me some verification, and perhaps some personal input uh, into what I'm going to get into here. At that time, as well as now, if you were to snoop around the base of the mountain, you would find many holes as evidence of the work that was once being done in the area. This was extremely tough terrain back then, and many rough dirt trails and roads were carved into the woods in order to gain access to the area with some fairly formidable equipment for digging. I think the strangest thing about what I'm about to say to you, Bill, is the number of sightings which had occurred in the years we were there, and the numbers of men who had experienced them. I myself and the crew I was with had two, which I will tell you about, but collectively I would say that there were dozens that were both shared and spoken about by many other treasure hunters in the same area. The fact of the matter was and is that when you experience something firsthand, it really doesn't matter anymore what anyone else thinks. You know what happened simply because you experienced it yourself, 
regardless of what anyone else thinks. Touche on that, brother. What I will describe as being the first sighting had actually occurred in two stages, which I will explain to you. We had a small crane in the woods that was at the time about as big as a well-drilling truck, if you know what they look like. The truck had tandem axles on the rear, and the crane's boom was only 30 feet or so. We also had a backhoe, and these two were our machines for digging. It was midday as the four of us were standing around the hole as Manny was operating the crane. There was a fair amount of noise being generated as Dennis shouted something that made us all look. I have to say that at the time, I personally saw nothing, while two of the other guys had actually caught a fleeting glimpse of what Dennis claimed to have seen. Manny had turned the crane off and jumped down to where we were as Dennis began to talk about seeing a hair-covered behemoth that stood up behind some bushes and walked into the trees out of sight. As Dennis was describing what sounded like a monster, Joe had concurred that he saw the backside of it just as it disappeared from view. We had said it must have been a spy from one of the other groups on the mountain, but they were insistent that it was way too large to be a man, and it was kind of left at that. Joe and Dennis couldn't shut up about it throughout the entire day, and each day that followed, which, to be quite honest with you, had become somewhat of a drag to the rest of us, having seen nothing. At any rate, about two weeks later, we were only a couple of hundred feet from where we had been on that day. We were coming into the site to work early in the morning, and as we rounded the final turn on the trail, after which the work site was in full view, it was then that all of us saw a hair-covered monster stepping away from the crane and trotting up the hill out of view within the trees. As you would imagine, there was cussing and shouting going on as Dennis shouted, I told you so, I told you so. Well, he had told us, and now we had seen it for ourselves. Joe and Dennis were both saying that it was the same monster they had seen. Since the rest of us had seen nothing, this was all we had to go by. It was certainly not a man. And after we had made it to the crane and exited the truck, I remembered how high its head appeared relative to the crane's motor and its casing, which were mounted on the flatbed. The top of the engine cover was close to eight feet in height, and this thing's head was higher than that by some two feet. Its body was as thick as a fuel drum, and it had extremely long and thick arms. Standing by the truck, I realized that it had covered about 50 feet to get under the cover with maybe four or five steps. There were some impressions in the soil where it had been standing, but none of them were of a complete foot, 
Rather, they were more of a heel-toe scenario. But from what we saw, these feet were massive. We also had concluded that this monster had been alongside of the truck and looking at it. For what reason, we didn't know. But from the compaction of the soil around the side of the motor, it had either been standing or pacing around in that spot for quite a while. After all of this excitement had waned over many weeks and months, we had seen nothing further of the beast and had made a decision based on some additional research having been done to head down to the area of Whale Cove to continue our hunt. We were well back in the timber, which begins above the bluffs on the ocean. When on this particular morning, before any of the machinery had been started, we'd been standing around drinking coffee and smoking. Suddenly, there was a tremendous commotion within the trees, and some small bushes and trees began rustling and thrashing about. The morning, by the way, was completely and utterly still, not even a whisper of wind, when without warning, as all of our eyes were fixated on the bushes, this monster rose from within them and began swaying back and forth from side to side for about 15 seconds or so. In my mind, I thought it was a different creature, although similarly sized to the other one we had seen. Well, the other guy said it was the same one we had seen up north. By the way, we had driven many miles south to get to where we now were, and the thought to me of the first having traveled to where we were currently was preposterous. I thought also that this second one was a more reddish color than black, a fact which the others disagreed with me about. If there was, in fact, more than one of these things wandering about, it was blowing my mind. This thing, to my way of thinking, had definitely done this to get our attention, after which it exposed itself to us. There's no other rational way to put it, having violently made its presence known by the shaking of the bushes. And while we were all looking directly at the area, it had stood right to its feet exposing itself fully to us. It made no effort whatsoever at remaining hidden. It wanted to see us and for us to see it, and that's the way I saw it. This time I had seen it front on when standing at perhaps 150 feet away. Part of its body was in the shade and part of it was being lit up by a ray of sun coming through the canopy, kind of flashing in and out like zebra stripes as it rocked left and right. Its body was massive and fairly uniform, being about three feet wide at its hips and chest. It was broad as a young sequoia. Its head and shoulders appeared as one. When it turned away, its entire body turned at virtually the same time. Absolutely incredible. That was many years ago, and sadly, 
I believe I'm the only one of the group left. I realize that this is, for many, a hard pill to swallow. This monsters in the woods thing. But having said that, when you set eyes on one of these creatures for yourself, it most certainly will change your life forever. At the time, we thought there was an isolated little group of these things living near to where we were. But to hear all the stories and tales being told today, I had to share mine with you. What do you think of that, Kev? Whoa. Have you ever heard about any of this uh, St. Francis Drake treasure burial up in that area? No, I, of course I've heard of the Explorer, but uh, no, I have not heard of uh, the treasure out there. Yeah, and he made it sound holes all over the area, like, and thinking that at first blush, this may have been a spy sneaking up on their camp to see what they were doing. You know, a fellow treasure hunter trying to get the up on somebody. Right. And, uh, but I, I thought to myself, what are weird things? Sir Francis Drake burying treasure up in Oregon. Uh, I don't know if there's any veracity to the story at all, but it, it would be really far-fetched just to offhandedly mention such a thing and have it be a total whim, you know? I agree. So, uh, but interesting, had this two creatures being seen, one kind of hanging around a truck, another one being seen when the guy shouts, probably the same one, and then miles away at Whale Cove, uh, this other one, obviously, as he said, wanted to be seen. Right. <coughs> you know, I mean, you don't just sneak up on people in the bushes and make a commotion and then rise to your feet while they're looking at you uh, if you don't want to be seen. Very bizarre uh, set of circumstances, huh? I am with you there, man. Totally bizarre. So, uh, again, if anybody knows anything or can add anything to uh, this uh, account, you know, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, sightingsandencounters.com. Go over there, hit the contact button, and chime in with us uh, about the uh, story I just read to you. Very interesting, though. You know, I mean, these creatures are out there, man. And uh, like he said at the time, uh, having seen it, they were like, oh, whatever they are, there must be a couple of two or three or four of them around here. But now he's saying, you know, based on what he hears now, you know, seems like there's quite a few more. (laughs) (laughs) Either that or they're like saying Squatch and they're zooming from one place to another in the blink of an eye. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, and uh, our listeners are going to love it. Love that account as well, because it had several uh, times you had to mention the great state of Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And I said it right again, didn't I, Kev? Oregon? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'm good with that stuff. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Great account, though. Yeah, no, fascinating. Really fascinating. Hmm. And they keep pouring in. Remember, folks, if you've seen something, say something. Uh, same thing. BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Hit the contact button. 
uh, I will be glad to reach out with you or to you, and we will have a discussion about what it is you have seen or encountered. <laughs> awesome. So what do we have, Kevin, our listener mail? Oh, we have some great listener mail this week, Bill. Uh, first one comes in from John from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And thank you, John, for the pronunciation guide for your city. <laughs> <laughs> My reputation precedes me. Uh, John writes, I have just found your podcast this week, and it has already become my favorite podcast. I really enjoy listening to the old-time accounts of The Wild Man. I believed in Bigfoot ever since I could read, and I saw my first book on Bigfoot in the library and read the encounters that were pretty scary as a kid, and I must admit, still scary as an adult. <laughs> I bought the first book of Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, and I look forward to reading it and the series. I live in Chippewa County of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, or UPA. <laughs> and I've heard of sightings in our area and talked to farmers who have come across large tracks going across their fields. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that were not made by any man or animal that they have known about. Mm -hmm. Again, I love the podcast and the stories and the encounters. John from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. So, John, by the way, up there in the UPA, watch out for the dog man. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And by the way, Johnny boy, can you pronounce Brooklyn? <laughs> hey, Adrian! <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know, in the Upper Peninsula, I've spoken to a number of people up there. And, uh, you know, these people sparsely populated area uh, to a person talk like, you know, this is like regular lore up there. Oh, yeah. You know, so-and-so, you know, my, you're talking to them and they're like, well, uh, my friend Kevin who lives over here had one uh, that was frequenting his land. And then my grandmother who used to have a house down here uh, used to horseback ride and saw one walking down by the creek all the time. I mean, it's like a regular happening. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I don't know how you avoid that. You know, is everybody full of beans? <laughs> I mean, it's just like a commonplace thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the guys working over here at the copper mines used to talk about them uh, creating mischief around their uh, tools and things. And Those mischievous ghouls. Yeah, I mean... Come on, people. It's like me telling you about the deer that walk in my yard. You know, I see them all the time. And I'm not saying they're like deer, but it, it's spoken about like a reasonably common occurrence. Not a one-off, but something that has been seen and shared by numerous people. Uh, if you could get to talk to them and get them to talk to you. Yeah. So that's bizarre, man. And thanks for chiming in with us, man. That's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. And our next letter comes from Philip. And Philip has some suggestions uh -huh. of other cryptids uh, in the news stories, which we love suggestions, folks. Uh -huh. So 
Philip writes, here are some suggestions for your cryptids and other oddities in the news. And he says, the Villisca Axe Murders, which Uh I have not heard of that, but I will look into it. And the Louisiana slash Alabama Axe Murders (laughs) and the Yorkshire Ripper. (laughs) Says, not exactly cryptids, but definitely (laughs) very interesting stories. Well, you know. Could be a little bloodlust there going on, Philip. I mean, he may have a little <laughs> something for the axe. Axes, hatchets. What? No axes? <laughs> hey, I can't read this. There's no axe murder in here. <laughs> oh, and, then, my God. and then Bill Chris from Missouri, the home of the beloved Momo. Kev, I have to correct you. It's Ma- it's Missouri. I know. Like get, it, outlaw, get it right. Like the outlaw Josie Wales says. <laughs> Time for a Missouri ferryboat ride. <laughs> I love that, Kev. Well, Chris, man. you had me at the subject. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of the Black-Eyed Children. <laughs> and... Chris writes, hey, guys, I ran across this interesting article by Nick Redfern regarding our favorite little creepy kids. A couple of these stories are quite interesting, and they shed some light on the possible intent of black-eyed children. And one guy actually let them into his house. Obviously a madman. Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) hey, what's the harm? They only yeah. wanted something to eat, right? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cookies and milk. <laughs> and then Chris writes, I just wanted to let you know that I look forward to your show every week, and I try to give you five stars on Apple Podcast whenever I can. <laughs> Keep it going, guys. Love the show. <laughs> yeah, come on in, little guys. Are you cold? <laughs> you want to sit down? You want a blankie? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, folks, I one of the images I'm posting, that's it for the listener mail, but this is related to mail. One of the images I'm posting, you have to check it out, maybe get reprints of it, you know, on Shutterfly or something like that, and use it as a Christmas card. So this image, Bill, is of a Christmas card from the early 1900s. Really? Yeah, and I'm going to describe it to you. So there's this little girl, maybe about three or four years old, with a pretty little green dress sitting on the floor with a basket of apples and sweets in front of her on her lap. Uh-huh. And then next to her is this basket, like a basket backpack of sorts. So a woven basket with two straps on it hanging down, like arm straps. The basket is slightly taller than her sitting down. And she's sitting there with a little smile and her basket of fruit, and then her brother is being stuffed into this basket by this black, furry Krampus with huge goat horns and a tongue that looks like it's a foot long and a big tail. Oh my God. Apparently to take him <laughs> off while she gets a little basket because yeah. she was nice. Yeah, he must have been a little naughty, and Krampus <laughs> is taking him away. Oh my god! What a freaking crazy! I mean, where did they come up with this stuff? This you was know? a greeting card. Yeah, hi. 
Hoping you and yours have a good holiday. I may have to get at least one printed up and send it to you, Bill. <laughs> I really would like to see it if that's oh, possible. It's going to be up on the website. It's going to be up on the website. But also, and I'll put it in the caption on the website, you got to look at this picture for a little while, but I will warn you, it may give you nightmares. This thing has like these clawed front paws that it's grabbing this kid and jamming it in the basket with. And then its left <laughs> rear leg that it's standing on is like a horse hoof. But its right leg is like a Bigfoot leg, Bigfoot foot, sorry, with claws on it. And you don't see it right away until you look look carefully at it. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kev, I got to see this. Oh, yeah, you're going to love it. So. You know, and you think this was like a gag card back then? I think so, but still, it's like, and the title is Gruss von Krampus, which I <laughs> think probably are... says, like, Happy Krampus Day, all. <laughs> Kev, it reminds me of our conversation about Hans the Mechanic <laughs> when you brought your... Uh, Triumph Spitfire into him for wiring issues. Oh, yeah. And he said to you, your car has a Lucas wiring system. Do you know who Lucas is? (laughs) (laughs) He is, is of course, the god of darkness. (laughs) (laughs) I never told you to buy a British sports car, Kevin. Yeah, he said... An English automobile. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> Hans the German. And and thank you, Hans. I never did buy another one. <laughs> thank you for tipping me off, That Hans. was enough. <laughs> and I haven't encountered Lucas, the god of darkness, again. So that's it this week, folks. Have, have a Merry Christmas. Hope that you really enjoy some time. Uh, reflecting on uh, the miracle of Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. Yes, and may I say to all of you, a Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to all!